Hello and welcome to Healthline 3. I'm Terry Simmons. Today we're talking with Dr. Candice Shardar with the Orthopedic Clinic at WK Piermont. We're talking about robotic knee replacement and same-day hip and knee replacement surgery. We'll be taking your calls throughout the show and as a reminder, please make sure you're in a quiet room with your TV turned down all the way so you can hear us and we can hear you. The number to call is 318-219-4569 and later on and throughout the show you'll see it scrolling across the bottom of your screen. Thank you so much today for being here. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for inviting <laughs> me. I could talk to you all day long. We've talked <laughs> during the breaks about how interesting this is and what you do. And we're talking about robotic surgery a lot, but today we're talking about orthopedic and on the knee and the hip. And, and go ahead and just refresh us what really happens when it's robotic surgery on the knee or the hip. Uh, first, I'd like to just go over with you what we do, just what we've always been doing for decades when we do a knee replacement. And what that is, is we have to make strategic cuts of the bone so that when we place the implant in, the leg has the appropriate alignment and then that the knee is stable. So when we, when we are taught to do this, the most important thing is that when you bring the leg out straight to extension, that the leg is stable and there's no play when you were to stress the joint medial or laterally, meaning to the inside or the outside. You wanna make sure that that joint is stable, st especially when the patient is standing. And that's what we've been doing for decades. And two things that you look out for is when you do the surgeries, you don't want the knee to hyperextend or that it's loose in extension. So you wanna be able to make sure that it comes out straight, basically. Uh, so sometimes some people, when they have a knee replacement, either the ligaments can loosen or just the way it was done, it may be a little bit loose in flexion. And if the person is low demand, they may not have any issues. But if the, if the patient is very active and their knee's a little bit loose in flexion, they may develop problems like swelling or joint pain. So that's something that has prompted for this robotic surgery. So with a robot, now we can match. We're getting information during surgery that's feedback to the surgeon so that you can appropriately position the implants so that the knee is stable throughout a full range of motion, meaning from extension all the way to flexion it has a very good arc of movement and that's what helps to make the patient feel better and recover better and have a good joint that they can walk and do things with activities with minimal discomfort. That is a great description and I love that you wanted to start about just in general what happens during knee replacement surgery. So paint the picture for us. So mm -hmm. you're at the table, the patient is there. Are you doing these movements like um, is this all done beforehand or while you're operating, are you moving the leg and making sure everything's Perfect. working? I, I can how explain does that work? all that to you. Yeah. Yes. How does it work? So basically what we do is um, the system that I use is an imageless system. My system you can also do with image. What that means is that before surgery you can do a, a long x-ray of the leg and then that would be sent to the company and then they would download it into the system. Or you can do it without that image. And in my hands it works just as well. Um, and it has a less cost because you're not doing that. But um, so basically what you do is when the patient's brought into the operating room, they're anesthetized. And then um, we prepare the robot and the robot, is a, there's a uh, sterile drape applied to it, to the robotic arm. And then we position it. And then there's a camera that we position. And then we have to align the camera to the robot. And then we register that into the computer. So now the the camera knows where the robot is in the room next to the patient and it's and then the robot is fixed to the floor so there there can be no movement of that because if it changes 
just one millimeter, it will change what you're cutting by a millimeter. So you, you got to make sure it's fully set and parked. Uh, once that's done, we will then uh, do the approach and expose the knee joint. And at that time, that's when we remove the bone spurs and the uh, anterior and posterior cruciate ligament and the meniscus from the knee. And then we're going to insert small pins into the uh, knee just below and above the joint. And we attach these uh, reflectors to that, that now we're going to start registering the knee to the robot and to the computer. So the first thing we do is we pass the knee throughout a range of motion and it's going to recognize where the hip center is. And then we use these pointers that have the reflectors as well. And, and there's a screen prompting you to, to know where to go with each prompt. So you'll do certain points in the femur, certain points in the tibia, and in the ankle. And now it's recreated a computer version of that person's anatomy. So now that it knows where the knee joint is in space in the room, the, the surgeon will then start to stress the joint at different positions. And now it knows what the ligament stability is of the joint. So now it has the anatomical alignment of the joint and the ligament balance. And then at that time, the surgeon will then use a screen that is sterile wrapped. You can then start making all these programs on how you want to make the cuts. So once you make the cuts, wh what's even more interesting is once you make those cuts, you can make one cut here and one cut on the tibia and on the femur, and then you can reassess and now it re-registers the ligament balance. And then at that time, that's when I start to determine what the balance is in flexion. So then now I know where to position the implant so that it's stable throughout a range of motion. So then you then make that cut and then you put the trial implants in and then while you're arranging it, you can then check the stability again. So uh, it takes about 30 minutes to do all that. <laughs> Only and 30 minutes, amazing. that's yeah. amazing to do all yeah. of that. Okay, I have so many more questions. You know okay. I do since <laughs> I just haven't let you hardly breathe since I met you this okay. morning. But uh, we have a caller for you. Melinda, okay, what is your question for the doctor? Yes, that's a short hour. Good afternoon. I uh, talked to a doctor on yesterday about my mom. She has a bone on bone on her knee, and but she's 89 years old. Is there like um, age limit? Oh, good afternoon. Yes, that's a great question. Um, you know, we do surgery even into the 90s, knee replacement and hip replacement. Uh, the most important thing is to see what her cardiac and pulmonary function and internal organs function. So let's say, for example, if they don't have heart failure, they don't have renal failure, uh, they're basically healthy except for that bad joint, then we do do surgery on people even into their 90s. So that, now let's say if you told me she had heart failure or you know, she had major medical problems, then probably would not be a surgical candidate. Do all of the doctors in your office, because we saw a doctor at the orthopedic clinic, do, are they all using that robotic uh, thing that you, you were talking about? Uh, right now, Dr. Morgan and I are the only ones doing the robotic in our office. Does that answer your question, uh, Melinda? I'm sorry, TV zone is kind of throwing me off here. Yes, it did. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Good luck to you and your mom. 
And that's another interesting point too. Sometimes we think we've heard, you know, a lot of times I'm, I'm just going to live with it. I just right. I'm older, and I just you know, and that's not always the case. Right. You can still get help if oh, you're. Oh, absolutely. You know, yes. what are what are we talked about heart conditions? What are some of the things? Now, the things that might preclude having this or not having that, mm -hmm. or just in general surgery. Is there anything that's particular that would keep you from having? knee replacement or hip yes. replacement? The, the biggest fear is if someone had the surgery and then they either develop an infection or if they had a cardiac event or, or lung problem during or after the surgery. Mm -hmm. So those are the things that we screen the patients. All patients get screened for that. Whether they're immunosuppressed, for example, if they have diabetes and their blood sugar runs high, that actually suppresses your white blood cells. Oh. So that increases the risk for infection. So they've made guidelines and basically the cutoff is a hemoglobin A1C of seven or less. So that's the recommendation. So if it's greater than seven, we're not gonna deny the surgery. We just have to send them back to their doctor and have them improve their diabetic control. And then you re recheck it in three months. If it's down, then you can do the surgery. Which is a good point that you and I talked about too. It's mm -hmm. not always going right to surgery right away. It might be later, it may be not at all. There's other conservative treatments. And say someone does that same thing you just described, mm -hmm. which is I didn't know that. I, can, I knew that there was a risk, but I didn't right. know that's why. It's so interesting with the white blood cells. And, yes. and it's incredible. But also maybe if someone is heavier, maybe, can they, if it, is that a problem? And they may need to go and lose some weight first or do something before? Yes, but we do patients that are overweight but let's say if they're overweight, their body mass index, they also have guidelines on that. Right. You know, like BMI greater than 40, they're at an eightfold higher risk for infection and complications. Oh. And another complication is a deep vein thrombosis that can develop, you know, if they're overweight and they have surgery. Okay. So basically we, um, you know, we advise them for weight reduction. But let's say if someone has a high body mass index, but they don't have any cardiac problems, no diabetes, nothing else, sometimes they are a candidate for surgery. So, so it's not just weight bearing. Exactly. There are other things that yeah. your weight may contribute to your overall health. Exactly, so Okay. Yes. And we have Marilyn on the line. Hi, Marilyn, thanks for calling. What's your question? Yes, uh, Dr. Charter, uh, one thing I wanted to know is if the recovery time less than the traditional replacement? Recovery. Oh, the recovery time. Yeah, that's a good question. We are doing so many things right now to help improve patients' recovery from surgery. Um, but I have noticed that with the robotic surgery, more patients are showing up two weeks after surgery without the use of a walker or a cane, which, you know, usually on average, most people use a walker cane for two to three weeks. But some patients are coming at the two-week follow-up without any assistance, which is amazing to me. So. Uh, you know, it, it may be part of that, but we're doing a lot of other things too to help them get Thank you. Um, better quicker. Well, um, is the um, is this covered by Medicare and uh, additional insurance? Actually, the robotic surgery is actually paid for by the hospital, uh, so there is no extra charge or bill from. Like, we can't bill for it f to the insurance or Medicare. Oh. Well, uh, also, I had a knee replacement done by you eight years ago, and I feel like it needs replacing. Can you do that also? 
Oh, if you've had a knee replacement before and you want it to, and it needs to be revised, sometimes you could use the robot for it. It just depends on what the issue is. And, and that would be, yeah. you know, we would have to evaluate that in the office. Well, I also need it on the other knee, <laughs> too, so. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Marilyn, for calling. And that was really another great question, too. Um, if you haven't done years ago and you go, you say you're younger and you just keep mm -hmm. on going, your active lifestyle, and you feel like you need that same knee revised again, is yeah. that possible or is that does that happen? To do the robotic? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You can okay. use the robot for revision surgery. Um, for example, uh, let's say you did the knee replacement and then years later it becomes loose and it's potential that you don't have to remove the metal parts, it's just to change the plastic. You could use the robot to help you with the ligament balance and getting that information and trialing it, and then you can put a thicker plastic in, and that might work that way. Oh, that's great. So it just great. depends on the situation. Yeah, okay. And we have Maddie on the line. Thank you for calling. What's your question for the doctor? Hi, yes. <coughs> Excuse me. I have a, my, my knee slipped. I, I, I mean, I, <coughs> I got a sipping in my knee, but uh, the doctor way back told me I had uh, bad tissue between my in my knee. But I had polio when I was a child. Does that have anything to do with my legs? Oh, I see. <laughs> so what you're correct me if I'm wrong, but what you're asking is your knee feels unstable, meaning it's slipping. But on that yeah, same when leg, when you were young, you had polio. Yes. 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 So usually in that situation, if the, it just depends on how bad the polio was. If your knee, because it doesn't have, it, it just depends on the person, but if their muscle around the joint is very weak, and if you were to put a knee replacement in there, that also could be a problem too. So in some situations like that, you may not be a candidate for a knee replacement. Is that what your doctor uh, told you? No, uh, the doctor told me don't put a replacement, you know, like these things that you can wear on your knees. <laughs> he said that would create another problem. But it, when I, if I sit, when I get up, it slips. And, you know, you hear slipping, slipping, bone slipping. Yes, yeah, that's, yeah, I understand what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, that just means that your knee is very weak. And so uh -huh. it's probably shifting because there's not enough muscle around it. I just wondered. <laughs> and also I got bad, both arches are bad. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for okay. calling, Marilyn. Hope you get better. Thank you. And that's another good question about tissue, the tissue surrounding and the muscles. Right. Um, is there anything you can do? Is that sometimes where you go back to the conservative therapy and other ways to help with discomfort? Oh, absolutely. She would be a candidate for mm -hmm. a knee brace. Ah. So if she like were to talk to her doctor and request one, they may order one for her, mm -hmm. or, or they may have one that's off the shelf that she can use that will help with that slipping. So and is that something you would just wear all the time, or is that going to, will that wearing it for a little while strengthen it and straighten it up? Is that just something that you would just wear from now on? I think, yeah, yeah. because it would probably just be something that she would put on whenever she wants to get up and move. Mm -hmm. But probably the problem that she has is a chronic problem with the weakness. So it could be neurological or neuromuscular that that will not get better with mm -hmm. time. 
And I'm sure that there was a time when people did have polio and that now they're still here and they're active in their lives we and they them. don't realize, do you? Yes. And yeah. what does polio actually do to the joints too? What happens? Oh, we have a caller. Just okay. a second. Uh, Ellen, thank you for calling. What is your question for Dr. Shardar? Uh, yes, I have a lot of swelling, excuse me, in my um, ankles and feet, uh, and I, I didn't need surgery, but I was wondering if that's a problem if you have a lot of swelling already. Oh, okay, so you need to have a knee surgery, but you have swelling in your ankle or your feet? In my ankles and my feet, yeah, and I didn't know if that's a problem, having a lot of swelling already. Yes, that can be a problem, especially if you have uh, pre-existing peripheral vascular disease or poor circulation. Uh, and it, it also depends on whether or not you have diabetes or heart failure or renal problems that causes a swelling. Because then if you have a knee replacement, when we do the knee replacement, the body senses that something has been done and the reaction is to increase the blood flow. So as a result of that, your leg will definitely swell more and you could be at a higher risk for uh, a blood clot formation. So if, you, if, you, if they do go that route, basically they may recommend that after surgery you have to wear a compression stocking. Okay, well I do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And so swelling in either joint can mean all kinds of things. That's correct. Right, and that's what you have to pay attention to before anything yeah. else. Yeah. yeah. So let's say if before the surgery they have swelling in their calf or their legs or they mm -hmm. have edema, mm -hmm. which is just fluid buildup, fluid. and that can be caused by medication or it could be people have poor blood flow. So a lot of different things can cause that, but that can also cause problems with a knee replacement surgery. Ah. So you just have to be aware of that. Be aware of that. Yeah. Okay. We have Cheryl on the line for you. Hi, Cheryl. Thanks for calling. What is your question for Dr. Shardar? Yes. Hi, doctor. How are you? Hi. How are you? Thank you. I had surgery with you about 18 years ago, and I'm still having problems with this knee. Uh, I know that I was diagnosed with osteoarthritis before I had the surgery, but the knee swells up all the time and give me a lot of problems, and now it has gone to my back. Well, you have pain in your lower back? Yes, I'm having a problem with my lower back now. Um, you did surgery on me about 18 years ago uh, on my knee. I had a complete uh, knee replacement. Uh, this leg stays swallowed all the time. Uh, now the pain has gone radiated up to my back. So I'm really having a lot of problems with this right leg. Yes, you definitely need to be evaluated because uh, whenever someone has what you're describing, it could be many different things going on. And that's very common. What she's talking about is people who have like arthritis in their knee, they can also have it in their hip and in their back. Mm. And when they have a surgery in their hip or their knee and then they have a pinched nerve in their back, you know, automatically it's the normal thing to think that there's something wrong with their knee. But it's usually something that's coming from their back. And the swelling could be from anything. You know, it could be again like she just has poor circulation or or not enough blood flow. So uh, those are things that you definitely need to either call us or or get a doctor to evaluate you for the swelling. And for okay. your back, you need to have back X-rays, maybe a spine MRI, see what's going on. Okay. Thank you, doctor. My pleasure. 
thank you for calling which is another good point that we talk about Healthline 3 a lot. Sometimes we think we just have to suffer with this or it's just something that we just have to live with. It's not that bad, but call, go see about it. There's exactly. so much advancement right. now. So, And we have another one. Okay. Victoria, thank you for calling. What is your question for Dr. Shardar? Hi, how are you going? Hi, how are you? Hi. I'm fine. I'm supposed to have hip surgery and I'm afraid because I'm I I would like to know uh, how will it turn out to be, uh, and how long would the cut be? Oh, okay. So your question is, if you have hip surgery, uh, where the incision would be, and how long the length of the incision? Yes, sir. It all depends on the person and their body habitus. So we would have to mm -hmm. examine you and evaluate you. Uh, I can do the surgery going through the front or through the back, and it depends on the person and their anatomy and uh, other uh -huh. factors. So let's say if someone were very thin and, and they had a, just an arthritic hip, we usually can do that going okay. through the front, and the incision may be uh, three or four inches in length. But let's say someone, mm -hmm. you know, they weigh like 300 pounds uh, and they're, you know, very, you know, overweight. So in that case, we would have to go through the back and the incision could be maybe one to one and a half feet in length, the length of the incision. Oh my God, okay. Well, I was, I was scared, but I'm watching you on TV, and I say, well, let me, let me ask the doctor. Good, that's what we're here for, to oh, call yes. and get you anything Absolutely. else that you need to talk about yes. since you're scared? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's it. Um, that's it. <laughs> I hope. I'm sure you're in very good hands. We'll be thinking about you, and I'm sure your surgery will come out great. Yes. Which is another good thing we talked about. And we talked about, too, which this leads into our discussion about um, your frame of mind and being inspired to heal quickly, being motivated, whatever motivates the person. That has a lot to do with recovery time too, whether it's robotic or any kind of surgery. That's correct. It's, it really is just how much you want to, how, how, how big that desire is to get That's well. That's right, yes, yeah. People who are motivated to get better, they're gonna get better. Mm -hmm. Now, with most surgeries, especially like orthopedic surgery where we're putting things into the body, it takes time for the body to heal and, it, and to get accustomed to that in their body. So there's going to be some degree of discomfort and or pain. And if you know that ahead of time and understand that, that will help you to just work past it and through it. But if you have the surgery and you start to feel something and, and it feels foreign to you, and it probably is, but you give in to that pain and then don't move or do much, that's when bad things can happen, you know, infection, blood clots pneumonia, urinary tract. So we, we really encourage people right after surgery, you have to get up and walk. It's going to be uncomfortable, but the more you move around and do things, the better off you will be and you will recover better. Is that kind of like a conversation you're having with yourself and your body and your mind? Your body that's goes, right. wait, that's foreign. That's and right. if you say, yeah, I know, but I'm going to keep going. I'm going to tell right. my body, yes. yes, but it's okay. We're going right. to keep going. Or you listen and go, yeah, it is foreign. I'm going to sit here until you get used to it. Then your yeah. body may not. Oh, yeah. That yeah. will be not, that's not the way to do it. Right. <laughs> just keep going yeah. and say, yeah, I know. Yeah. I hear it, but we're good. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. You just got to work through it. And your frame of mind, people just are now catching on, I think, just how much it's even going into surgery, too. Mm -hmm. Like our last caller was talking about, to be 
try to get, you know, do anything you can to alleviate that fear. Do right. you encourage that? Talk to the doctor. That's talk right. to the um, Talk to the person who's doing it instead right. of asking around. You might get some scary stories. Right. But really, you don't have to have the surgery until you really feel really good about it unless it's an emergency situation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I tell patients the same thing. You will be the one to tell us when you're ready. It's not only something where you feel you got to do it. It's also you have to be emotionally yes. ready and accepting that this is going to happen. And, and it's really important that patients go out and get as much information about it. Mm -hmm. Ask the doctor, ask them to provide you with a link to where you can read more about it. Um, so the more you know about it going into the surgery, the better off you will do and the better off you will be. And do you believe that, that your intuition really, listen to your gut, listen to your mind. If you really are feel like you've got all the information but something still just doesn't feel right. right, do you encourage that it's okay? Then wait oh, until oh, you really wait. feel good about it. Yes, a and actually what happens is, let's say for example somebody comes in and they have pain and they have this and they can do, they can still function but it hurts. And when they come to my office, I tell them, you're gonna know when the time comes for this. Uh, like I saw someone earlier today and I told him, you will know when the time comes because you're going to be begging to have the surgery done. You know, so we don't ever push that on someone to have the surgery because there's risks involved. But once the patient gets to a point where it's affecting their quality of life, for example, they want to go to the supermarket and they have to park real close and, mm -hmm. you know, or they may not even be able to shop. You know, once right. it gets to that point and it's because of that joint, that's when they're going to say, I got to get it fixed or accept the fact that I'm going to become sedentary. So most people don't want to stay sedentary or become sedentary. They want to be, they want to remain active, you know, so. Yeah, and if it's interfering with your daily life. Oh, yeah. Not like it's stopping me from running a marathon. Right. But if it really is uncomfortable to do daily activities, oh. I need to go to the store. Get up off the to, toilet. Yes. You know, I you mean, that's what happens. That. You, people have difficulty getting in and out of bed, putting their socks and shoes on, clipping their toenails. I mean, you just can't get there if you've got a bad hip or a bad knee. Mm -hmm. That's when you're going to say, I got to get it fixed. Mm -hmm. And is there ever time where it's, too early to do something or too late to do something? Do you encourage just as soon as I feel this, if I'm a proactive kind of person, mm -hmm. I feel I don't like this, it's only gonna get worse, I want it taken care of now. Right. Do you, well, I wouldn't encourage surgery that way. I would definitely encourage that you go, go and see about it. Yes, go see a doctor or a therapist, someone who can evaluate you and try to guide you, basically. Okay, and, and let's talk about that too. We're talking about that you really believe in a lot of conservative um, treatments before surgery if you don't have to. And some people may find going through these other, mm -hmm. uh, these other ways of taking care of their discomfort, they may find that they don't need surgery along the way. Right. So what are some other types of, of things that you would suggest or try on someone first? Oh, I, I tell you, this is very common. We see so many people with knee pain and usually we would recommend initially like anti-inflammatory medication or analgesic medication that are not narcotic. And then um, we also recommend some things that are holistic, like uh, glucosamine, conjoint sulfate, shark cartilage. Some people like oh. that. They get relief from that, actually. Um, and then uh, if those things don't work and they've tried physical therapy, there's different types of treatments with injections that we do. And these injections, some of them on some people, give incredible results where they may have a significant reduction of pain for three months to six months to a year with uh, an injection into their knee joint. And we have a lot of patients who come in just for injections, basically. And they're happy with that. You know, they get the injection, they feel better, they can walk more, stand more, do more. So, you know, they're happy with that. We'll just, we tell them once the injections don't work anymore, you'll be the one to say, 
you want to get it fixed. Right, you'll, right. Know, you'll know when it's time. You'll yeah. know when the time comes. That's and right. what about physical therapy? Is there other physical therapy that you recommend? Absolutely, yeah. yes, yeah. The, we work with the physical therapist hand in hand. And uh, so they, they can do things like, usually the two biggest problems with the arthritic joint is that it becomes painful and stiff. Mm -hmm. And the therapist sometimes, not in all the patients, but in some patients, they're able to work through that stiffness and it, they actually will have less pain. Mm -hmm. So if they do therapy and see a therapist that can help them with range of motion and strengthening the muscles around the joint, sometimes in some people they get alleviation of pain okay. that way. Gosh. Okay, so what are, just before we wrap this up, we have another minute or so, but what are the, the benefits really quickly to this robotic surgery? Uh, the biggest benefit of the robotic surgery, in my opinion, is that we're able to get the knee to be stable throughout a range of motion. And that, that helps the patient with potentially avoiding problems with them later down the line where they're developing pain or, or swelling in their joint because it may be a little loose in flexion. Um, but that, that's the biggest advantage of it, I believe. And you, for both of you, for the, the doctor also, the surgeon yes. also, I'm sure that's it's right, really yes. great benefit. You want to have a good outcome. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Anything else you'd like to leave our viewers with before we say goodbye today? Uh, I would like to remind everyone to be very diligent in taking calcium and vitamin D for their bone health. Very Avoid good. Avoid osteoporosis. Yes preventative and move yeah. around lots of water that's right good healthy lifestyle yes don't run or jump <laughs> don't run or jump avoid okay. high impact activity <laughs> all right you heard it the doctor told me not to run or jump so you know lots of good walking and taking yes. care of ourselves and everything that's all right. right and again you're at you go ahead and tell the people where they can find you uh, the orthopedic clinic with WK uh, Piermont. That WK Piermont, right? that's right. Okay. I, I just can't tell you what a pleasure it's been. Thank oh, you so thank much. You. Thank and you for inviting me. Oh, it's been wonderful. Um, and also with our viewers, thank you so much for calling in and the information that you were able to give them. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. And thank is there you. a phone number that you'd like to leave for them to call your office? Yes. Or? Okay. 318-798-6700. Okay. I'll call you and go see about that. Don't wait till it's too late. That's and, right. And we'll tell you about robotic surgery or not. Okay. Everyone, thank you for joining us today. We'll see you next time on Healthline three.